0: Wheeland presley Funeral Home and Crematory have been serving Quad City families and veterans since 1889. Wheeland presley Funeral Homes are located in Rock Island, Milan, and Reynolds, and are proud supporters of WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities.
1: A Western Illinois lawmaker is to take over a major position of power in the state legislature. We have an extended interview with the new Republican Minority Leader, Representative Tony McCombie, on the city's. The party in power can do a lot, and Democrats have a lot of power in Illinois. But there is something called the loyal opposition, the party that's not in power but is still doing its best to craft laws that help protect minority viewpoints and moderate the impulses of the majority party. Republicans have selected Savannah Republican Tony McCombie to be the new minority leader in the House. It is an important position and could bring benefits with it to northwestern Illinois. The new House Minority Leader sat down with us to talk about her priorities now that the legislature is in session. Elected Minority Leader uh, for the uh, Illinois House, what does that role entail? I mean, how important is that position?
2: Well, it's pretty important, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, uh, it's twofold. It's going to be a, it's signaling a, a change. We have had the same leadership for nine years in the House. Um, with this election cycle um, this is how it all came about and so i think just to have a a new perspective is one thing to have a a woman's perspective will be another thing uh, and it's it, it's it's time it's time for us to try something different
1: i did want to point out the obvious is that it is you know a, a woman that's in this leadership role is not something we've necessarily seen that often in Illinois politics in the legislature.
2: Not in the House. We did have on um, the Senate side Christine uh, mm-hmm. uh... so she she was there. But there hasn't been a, a female uh, Dem or Republican. So yeah, that definitely is new.
1: The other thing is the geography. Of course, you're going to be in a powerful position representing Northwest Illinois. What do you see that as an impact?
2: Well, uh, my location has always been a challenge for where I live. I remember when I first ran for state rep, they're like, well, somebody from the smallest, most, most northern part can't win this district.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and Because so that of
1: was, the Quad City the, factor. Yeah, and, and, yeah.
2: Yep. and just how do you get around your district right? Mm-hmm. when you're at the most northern part? Now with the new map, I'm at the most western part to serve the 89th district. So I'm like, ah, that's I'm used to that. I'm used to that travel time, four counties to seven. Well, now, um, it's funny because you see articles and it says, you know, we haven't had a downstater in this position, male or female. Right. Uh, So, you know, how is that going to work? What's the perspective? I'm putting on some serious miles, for sure. Uh, I used to say I'm going to Springfield and I'd visit on my way through my district. Now I'm on my way to Chicago visiting my district that way. So it it all ends up working out. Uh, to go down south, I think, is a hardship for anybody, whether you live anywhere in the state, because our state is so huge. Right. So I'll just be a good manager of my time and make sure to meet as many people as I can. But
1: I'm just thinking, like, as a minority leader, there's a certain, uh, there's responsibilities, of course, and there's there's added power. And you're going to do it from the perspective of a northern Illinois lawmaker. Um, and And you're also going to represent with a stronger voice the needs of this area
2: yeah i think uh, sometimes our we have some you know in our rural areas where um, we don't overthink things i don't want to say it's a, a difference of common sense but i i think we just look at things through a different yeah. light um, we don't try to find ways to say no we try to find ways to make things happen
1: but the power center for the republican party in a lot of ways was those collar counties around uh, chicago and now we're, and then a, a vast majority, of course, of central and southern uh, Illinois. But mm-hmm. the power always seemed to be in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. D- is this good to have broken this?
2: Well, the map certainly didn't help uh, the geographic layout for the suburbs, for sure. Uh, I mean, DuPage County has been horrible. But people have also been migrating out of the city and going mm-hmm. into the suburbs, so um, they're bringing their politics with. So that does make some some changes there. You know, I, I think it is time for us to, well, it's long overdue time. We have folks in the suburbs, um, they need to know that they have a choice. And uh, when you're outspent 20 to one in an election cycle, it's hard to sell any brand with, with that kind of um, money being spent. So it's gonna take a lot of work. Uh, you know, we are uh, for you know, the working people, working class. We wanna serve the most vulnerable with good programs. Uh, they just need to know there is a choice and that's long overdue too because a lot of folks just go right down the ticket and that shouldn't be that way.
1: So what's your biggest priority right now? Uh, What do you want to see in this coming session?
2: Well, well, the session priority may be a little bit different. Overall priority would be and same thing that we've been talking about since we first met is we need to bring more balance to to the House and the Senate. Uh, When you only have 40 Republicans out of 118 House seats that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's bad for Republicans. That's bad for Democrats. That's bad for Independents. So we need to definitely bring more balance. And how are we going to do that? Well, one, we're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to get really good candidates um, that want to work hard and that are willing to um, show voters that there is a contrast, um, so they do have a choice. Stick to the to the issues at hand, um, and to message that proper, properly. In in Springfield for this legislative session. I think we'll probably be p- playing defense a lot. I am going to be meeting with Speaker Welch this week and I'm, I'm interested to see what his goals are. Uh, talk about having to keep together a caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have to be a really good ringleader to uh, keep everybody happy. Um, you have several caucuses within the, the main caucus. Um, so I think hearing what his, his goals are or what he wants to do um and then see how we can work with him on those issues. Obviously we'll probably not work on some things with them um, because they'll go against you know conservative values and um, issues, but where can we work together and let's start there.
1: You have been a veteran now of the legislature for a few years. You were there during the Madigan years. Now that he's gone, now that you're minority leader, it's really a sea change in the Illinois legislature. Absolutely. So, have yeah. you seen the impact with Madigan being gone, and, and do you think that the impact of you being the minority leader is going to just further the progress?
2: I think anybody that's down there would say, with Madigan gone, there's not that control mm-hmm. um, for his for his caucus, for our process as a whole in the in the House. Uh, you can certainly tell that um, a, a lack of organization. Um, yeah, there's there's some issues there, but that also could be because of their numbers increasing. You know, you have more people to manage. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think Madigan would have drawn a map like this. Too many people to to put together.
1: Let's talk about uh, some of the issues that are coming out. Of course, the budget issue is always big. Um, do you think that this election emboldened the Pritzker, uh, Pritzker administration to continue the course that is going on right now? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what does that say?
2: Uh, it, it says that we're probably going to have a lot more spending. Um, it says that the money that's been coming to us through uh, the federal government is going to be stopping. How do you how do you roll back that spending yeah. that you've started? Um, does that mean that he's going to you know go again for a graduated income tax? Um, he says no, but in the scheme of things, he doesn't have to vote for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that can come on through the house and the senate uh, through a constitutional constitutional question he doesn't have to sign it so that gives him that that freedom you know there is the rumors of whether or not he's going to run for president Um, certainly it looks like it is i mean he's hitting all of the big um national issues Uh, so yeah, like this session alone, you know, when you were, and I think we were going to talk about it, um, HB 5855, uh, the gun uh, legislation. Exactly. I, I think that's the last thing for him um, to hit all of his all of his big hits. So uh, I'm a little nervous ab- about how far left he'll take Illinois, because ultimately, um, we are we are. If you look at a map, um, we're more purple. Uh, than we are blue Uh, so I mean he has to he has to be aware of that too
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let's talk about that Uh, uh, the major changes well about reproductive rights and also major changes in regards to uh, crime and safety and as you brought up uh, uh, perhaps a a ban on assault rifles and weaponry uh, changes in the gun law How, how far do you think you're willing to go
2: Well, the HB 5855, uh, we're actually going to be hearing in um, uh, committee tomorrow, and this will be the third time. The first two were uh, really victims um, that were coming, so we, you know, of course, we're respectful of that. Can't imagine having to go through anything like that. Uh, But 5855 is pretty extreme. Uh, I don't think, even, even Republicans, uh... that believe in parts of the bill i think just because of the constitutionality of it they would be a no vote on that and it's it's gonna put some of their members in a really bad spot because of that also its probably gonna be shot down in the courts as soon as it passes it'll go
1: talk about the safety act safety law actually yeah uh, that democrats sound like they want to go in and make some revisions and corrections uh... you didn't like it in the first place
2: no i didn't Uh, and uh... here you have a seven hundred Page bill mm-hmm. that we passed in the wee hours when we're <laughs> all exhausted, um, going a different route than even some of the the task force had wanted to do, and then now we have the fourth trailer that just passed during veto session that's 300 pages. So I mean, just common sense tells you you have a 700-page bill and then you have to have a 300-page fix, mm-hmm. right? And even during questioning, when I questioned um, the sponsor. Um, about uh, uh, having victims go before um, um, their assailants, whether, you know, who knows what it is, rape, domestic violence, within 48 hours to have to go and face the person that just destroyed your life uh, is really an inappropriate um, and I don't think was the intent. But I brought that up and I'm like, why are we, you don't think that's appropriate? And they said no. Um, well, this is the fourth fix. Why are we not fixing that piece? Mm-hmm. So there's definitely things we're gonna have to fix. It's, we're hearing from our counties already. Um, what does weekend court mean? What does that mean for costs? You know, that's gonna be increasing property taxes. That's gonna be, there, there's no funding on that part of it. Um, there's not enough funding in the grant for uh, law enforcement. So we have, a, we have a lot to do and I'm afraid um, when the data starts coming in and when crimes uh, increase, um, we're going to see some changes again.
1: But when you're talking about seeing some changes in this area, um, it, you're going to need to work with uh, Republicans, um, and it sounds like Democrats don't necessarily need to do that.
2: Oh no, they don't. And uh, we actually brought that up. We're like, so in, in the House today, we have uh, Leader Jim Durkin and Representative Patrick Winhorse, who mm-hmm. are probably the most knowledgeable in the House, and when they're not asked to be at the table to even give input regardless of how they vote but what are the legalities of of how the language is written why would you not mm-hmm. utilize
1: people who are prosecutors people who have experience yes. in law enforcement I
2: mean I feel really blessed we do have a diverse caucus with when it comes to um, differences of employment and you know we should utilize that whether you're a republican or a democrat whether you're in the house or whether you're in the senate and oftentimes um, the majority just sees it their way and it's their way only, and then that's when you come back with a 300 page fix.
1: Education funding has always been a priority, of course, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, and Illinois has been putting more money towards education. And also the effort to get it off the backs of property tax owners. What more has to be done in this area?
2: Well, again, you know, we're learning a little bit more now about the evidence-based funding mm-hmm. model and that maybe throwing more money at it isn't, isn't solving the issues. Um, I just posted something on my Facebook the other day. Uh, several small communities, uh, Savannah being one of West Carroll being one of them, uh, all around are having their hearings to raise their taxes, their tax rate. So it's not it's not fixing that problem. That's for sure. Uh, so we do need to analyze and make sure that we're putting the money in the right places. Uh, we spend a lot of money on public education, and we should, right? Uh, but when we're not seeing results, even with the report card, when you have uh, you know third to eighth grade with true reading issues. Mm-hmm. Um, something's happening that we need to fix how much of
1: that do you think is all pandemic related as well
2: i think it's certainly partial yeah yeah for sure uh how how is it not i mean right when you're not in school um actively reading but it's also how uh even today i hear um differences that superintendents want in how teachers teach to read uh and we might see a couple bills this year uh, to help with that too uh, because they're not coming into the schools uh, when they get their degree and able to Quickly jump right in, and,
1: and that seems to be a huge issue. I mean, just getting uh, uh, more teachers qualified, getting them qualified quicker. I mean, the state has tried to do that.
2: Yeah, you know, the state of Illinois is really great about uh, raising uh, <laughs> additional mandates and more regulations, making it harder to be a realtor, uh, to be a teacher, to be a nurse. Uh, everything to you know, it's law enforcement. Uh, and and then you end up rolling it back and it's always on on the idea of of making the profession better and making Mm. it stronger but oftentimes it has a reverse effect
1: how do you correct that (laughs) reverse it exactly but it it seems like uh, talking to you is that the 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 real reality is that we can't do anything we just don't have enough members Um,
2: Well, we don't have enough for a vote
1: you can be the loyal opposition if you're allowed to have a say like you said at the table just that your viewpoint could be heard and constructive criticism is not bad.
2: Absolutely. And and people always say, you know, the Republicans in Illinois or Republicans in the nation are the party of no. I I don't want us to be the party of no. I want us to be the uh, the party of problem solvers. And when we are asked, we are able to do that. You know, there's there's several of us that don't have the arrogance in our in our position to say, "Okay, our idea is a great idea. We take it as a compliment when a Democrat steals that bill and we pass it. Mm-hmm. You know, we do. Um, but some don't. Uh, and that's where we kind of have to get over that a little bit. It's They do have the majority. And until the voters realize uh, that they have a choice, um, that there is a common sense uh, avenue for them to go, uh, what's going to affect their pocketbook, especially their pocketbook, then we're going to see a change in Illinois.
1: So you campaigned in a new district. I mean, it's not the same uh, geography that it was before. Through that campaign, what did you learn? I mean, what have you really heard from people that you hadn't heard from in the past?
2: Well, this is a little bit more. Well, first off, I'd much rather run against a Democrat than a Republican. I know that because I didn't have that. I had a primary this time. Um, So that wasn't, that's not great not that i you know i appreciated you know but everybody should have a choice and that's the yeah. other thing about the maps when they're not drawn to have a choice that's bad for the voters too but um back to the the question it's really uh, more of a um, there's a lot more farms that's for sure because i was going to ask
1: you about rural issues my largest
2: that. city i believe is uh genoa and it's like five thousand people that's mm-hmm. my biggest city so uh, it, it will definitely be dif- different, but I also understand it. I come from a small community where our main street is is has vacancies. We have all the infrastructure issues. We have all the same. So it was it, it was. I don't want to say fun but it was kind of fun to kind of put my old mayor hat back on and talk to the mayors and city leaders because we're all having the same issues and then it's like how do you fix those right well I know this really great grant writer I know this avenue or Mm -hmm. uh, this engineering company so it's it's great to be helpful to those small communities again
1: what's your biggest priority as a lawmaker not necessarily as a minority leader what's your biggest priority for this coming session What, what do you really hope to accomplish
2: well I got I got to tell you I have got to pass Pam's bill.
1: Every time we talk to you you mention it and for good reason. And yeah. and we always talk about this this, this why does this not uh, pass? Why does this not get through the legislature? So so tell me about the latest progress on that.
2: Well, we did get it passed the house yeah. uh, and then it stalled in the Senate mm-hmm. and then unfortunately Deidre Silas was murdered in Springfield um, and then uh,
1: there was a renewed attention. There
2: was, and there was uh, two Democrats wanting to carry it, uh, one in the Senate and one in the House, and they changed it just a little bit, which I was fine with because we can still work on the Department of Aging piece of it. But uh, it never went anywhere. Um, it just stalled again, and it, it, and I don't know why we cannot uh, convince the majority party that this is not a penalty enhancement. Um, it is, it is. The way the law should have been written initially.
1: And let's point out what the law is for those that don't know it, it is uh, more s- severe uh, penalties uh, for people who do attack. Uh, in this case, uh, uh, DCFS
2: worker, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah uh, but also there's other workers as well. Yeah, for me is
2: Department of Aging. So if you're okay. an investigator for senior abuse, you mm-hmm. know those folks are also put in vulnerable positions as well. But the the law reads, if you're a teacher, if you're a janitor in a school, if you're a fireman, um, for some reason years ago when they changed that law, they they just were forgotten. Department of Aging and DCFS workers. Mm-hmm. It it just was a mistake. So. I would call it a very simple cleanup bill uh, and they just continue to fight it and I, and I don't know why. But in this position, if I can't pass that bill, oof, there's going to be some big problems.
1: Yeah, because that seems to be, I mean, with your new prominence and power and this bill that's been languishing for three years, four oh, years. No,
2: since I, it was right after I got elected. So it's and, and, and shame, on, shame on the House and the Senate. I mean, this poor family. Every year goes through this. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so, yeah, that that's, that is that is going to be my personal number one goal. Um, obviously, I'd love to see a better budget, um, a budget that doesn't have a lot of fluff, and certainly one that doesn't have taxes.
1: Do you think there's going to be a huge impact when you're talking about the budget? I mean, you look at Iowa that has done very well, and Illinois that's been able to pay its bills, but it's because of a huge influx of federal mm-hmm. money that, mm-hmm. that isn't going to continue
2: yeah that's right and the other part of that with that influx of money is one you just delayed paying the UI trust uh, the unemployment trust fund um, which ended up costing us millions hundreds of millions Mm -hmm. of dollars when if you just paid the bill on time it would have saved us right those are the those are the common sense things that people don't talk about and then and then the governor comes in and you know celebrates um, paying the bill well but you forgot to mention yeah it's good that we paid the bill but if we would have paid it a year ago it would have saved us a of money. Um, so, so we have to be worried about that. I'm just worried uh, even outside of that bill, um, all of the new programs that have started, how do you shut them down now, right? And, and where are you going to get that money? Well, the money comes from us. And the, if people do migrate out of the state, there's less of us to pay the bill. Um, so what, what does that mean? Means our taxes go up regardless. I'm also afraid uh, that they will come back with the graduated income tax fight again. Even though the voters were very clear in how they spoke about it, Um, I remember right after Kim Reynolds, uh, uh, she did a um, the rebuttal to the State of the State, Mm -hmm. and I and I said uh, State of the Union, State of the Union, yeah, exactly. And I and she talked about going to the flat tax Mm -hmm. and not uh, not uh, taxing retirement. And I thought, these are the two things Illinois has that Iowa doesn't, and now, now we're going to have that issue. And I stood up on the floor and said, before we get started here, if any, I'm, I'm sure you maybe didn't see that piece of it, but let's think about when we're passing legislation to, to put mandates and things on, on residents, what we're doing. Very first bill, Jim, was let's mandate uh, electric car hookups in new builds. Very first one after I said that. Um, So it's just like we, we as legislators and policymakers have got to think about what is literally best for the residents and not what's best for advocates.
1: Illinois House Minority Leader, Republican, State Representative Tony McCombie. We hope you're enjoying the winter weather that makes January so special. Laura Adams has got some great plans for you if you're ready to go out and about
0: this is out and about for january 12th through 20th ice stravaganza the family-friendly outdoor winter event returns january 13th through 15th at the freight house and leclair park from 10 to 10 each day the mirza jazz residency perform a free concert at 7 at the orpheum theater in galesburg featuring knox college performers along with guest artists and a performance by the miguel Zenin quartet The Music of Friendship, a chamber music concert by musicians from the Clinton Symphony Orchestra, takes place on the 15th at 2 at Zion Lutheran Church in Clinton. And auditions for rock musical Rock of Ages take place at the Black Box Theater on the 14th from 1230 to 3. Circa 21 opens their newest show, We Will Rock You, on January 18th featuring more than 20 hits by Queen. The Adler Theater hosts Stomp, an unforgettable experience for audiences of all ages on the 19th at 7.30. The Bucktown Review takes the stage at Davenport Junior Theater on the 20th at 7. Guests include Tobin Kirk, folk group The Carefree Highwaymen, and others. The Nightcap's improv comedy troupe presents Shots and Giggles at the Speakeasy in Rock Island. Their next show is the 14th at 8. While comedy sports perform at the Spot light on Fridays and Saturdays. Mike Conrad and the Iowa Jazz Composers Orchestra perform at Rivermont on the 15th from 5 to 7. For more information visit wqpt.org.
1: Thank you Laura. Mo Carter has been hitting the stages around the cities these days and you can catch her at Steventon's, Faithful Pilot, Front Street Tap Room, and other venues. We caught up with her when she played one of her originals on the stage of Moline's Black Box Theater. So here's Mo Carter with Crumbled. Carter with Crumbled performed at the Black Box Theater in Moline. On the air, on the radio, on the web, on your mobile device, and streaming on your computer, thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on The Cities.
0: Wheeland presley Funeral Home and Crematory have been serving Quad City families and veterans since 1889. Whelan-Presley Funeral Homes are located in Rock Island, Milan, and Reynolds, and are proud supporters of WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities.